there's a lot more sort of to it than just the space where one might think, oh, this is a digital whiteboard, cool. But really to get to the best collaborative outcomes, it's really about multiple elements. So this is kind of, it seems like it's just some fun, playful confetti, but it is a part of kind of a bigger philosophy we have around this idea of like designing collaboration. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Experience, where we give you an inside look behind the top product-led experiences. Each week, you'll hear inspiring new examples, uh, some really hard-earned lessons and proven strategies. Uh, this is your host, Ramli John. And today, I have here Lauren. She is the VP of Product Growth at Mural. It is a digital workspace uh, for guided visual collaboration. Really excited to be digging into Mural because I've used it many times in the past doing workshops and other things like that. Lauren, how are you today? Awesome. I'm so glad to hear you are a mural user and uh, I'll pick your brain too. But yeah, <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, very busy week of planning for next year and lots to, to think about and talk about there, but happy to be here today. Thank you for, for joining us. I know, um, you know, our friend Andrew Kaplan introduced us. So I really appreciate you joining us during this busy season, especially with uh, Thanksgiving coming up and uh, Christmas coming up as well. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I want to jump in and, and talk about Mural itself. Uh, you know, a big part about onboarding is really knowing what success looks like for, for the new users. I'm curious what that is for, for Mural. Uh, and I'm guessing it, it depends on what they're trying to do. So like, I'm curious what your take is on that. What does success look like for new users at Mural? Yeah, so Mural can be used for many, many things. But ultimately, Mural is about having you know, meaningful collaborative sessions. And that can be ultimately to reach some kind of outcome that could be improving teamwork, productivity. Sometimes people think about it like better meetings, more innovation, or even faster and better decisions because you're able to collaborate. So essentially we think about it in terms of getting folks as quickly and easily as possible to that, you know, that powerful collaboration moment. You can break that down into a couple of different ways. So typically it starts with a user signing up for Mural, going through that process. They create a workspace during that onboarding process. Then they have to create content, right? So you create a Mural with specific content. It has to be something such that you're ready to share it with somebody else. And then you go ahead and you actually do that act of sharing it with somebody else. You're inviting them to your workspace or specifically to that Mural. And then they have a collaborative session. So they're oftentimes you know, creating content together, reacting to it. That can be measured through things like you know, widget creation, like sticky notes on your canvas. And then you have kind of that's from the, that includes the original host or the facilitator of that session, the person who's actually signed up and created content. But then you have a whole separate group, which are the participants. So mm. you know, for the participants, it's, can they easily join your mural in your workspace mm. and participate in that collaboration? Ideally, they're seeing the value and seeing how easy it is. So really, ultimately, it's about that collaboration, but that involves multiple people and uh, them coming together to have that, that moment of collaboration where they say, oh, aha, this actually made my outcome much easier. Mm. It makes sense. I'm hearing it's like, what success look like depends if you're the creator and the joiner. I'm not sure if that's the right term, but is that is that fair? Like the joiner is more like, can I get in easily? Can I like collaborate? And the creator is more like, 
can I create this this experience for my oh, um, students or joiners or other folks like that? Yeah, yeah. So we have to think about it certainly from whomever is, whether it's the host, the facilitator, the creator, however you want to call it. It can be called lots of different things depending upon how you see yourself, really. And then, yeah, you have the participant or the joiner, the person who's, who's coming mm -hmm. into work with you. And really, just in layman's terms, you have the person who wants to work with somebody else, bring them in and, you know, work together. And it's interesting because as we started working on onboarding and activation overall, we've really had to balance that mindset of an individual person and what they're trying to accomplish and then like the workspace. So if you think about it, ultimately, a workspace level is the one that's going to convert, for example, like you pay at a workspace level, but then you have individuals who are leveraging the product and getting the value, which ultimately leads to that moment of, oh, is this worth something that you know we wanna pay for or not? So as we've gone through our process of thinking about activation and onboarding, we really had to kind of like weigh the, weigh our understanding of each individual user, what they need, and then ultimately how that feeds up to you know, a workspace or an account level. That makes a makes a ton of sense, and I think that is a better term: participant and host, or uh, or somebody who created it. So I love how there is a really uh, difference there. In terms of metrics that you that you and your team track, what are some metrics that you you know um, that you take a look at to make sure that you know things are working well in terms of that activation and, and onboarding? Yeah, so we actually, one of the first things I did when I joined Mural, which is going on two years ago now, was to officially sit down and say, let's create our activation metrics. So thinking about setup, aha, and habit, and what exactly are those? How do we look at that from both a qualitative and a quantitative perspective? And here I love the Reforge framework of sort of working backwards from retention and really thinking about what are the things that are necessary from a someone who's really ongoing getting value from your product to like what do they have to do in the very beginning and really defining those specific moments i like the methodology of breaking it out into individual metrics within a larger metric because i think it also helps you sort of spot the areas in which you're losing people and that can help you frame focus for your work and so when we started on that journey two years ago, we were at the user-centric level and we were thinking about the, we did call it the workspace creator, uh, for lack of better terms, as the member type, but essentially the host or the, the facilitator. And we were talking about, okay, what does it take for them to get set up? Okay, they have to sign up, create a workspace, create this mural with content, but then what's next? And so that became the aha, where's the aha? And it was about collaboration. So collaborating in that first week and then Hobbit, it's like collaborating continuously. But then there were separate definitions for the participant or the joiner, because for them, it wasn't about creating content. It was actually about coming in and joining that collaboration. And that served us well for, I'd say the first year or so within our work, it helped guide our thinking about those different experiences and how they come together but what it kind of missed was that it's about individuals coming together on behalf of like a team right and so collaboration happens at a team level it doesn't happen at an individual level and so we actually just finished and launched the company last week a new set of definitions for activation in particular at the workspace level 
And that redefines our thinking. Setup remains relatively the same because you still need a bureau with content that you can share and inviting somebody in. But the activation becomes less about an individual and more about those multiple members. So it's actually defined as two plus members. And we've defined it as 40 pieces of content in seven days. So that's kind of like we simplified a bunch of variables and said, how do you know what good collaboration looks like? And through the data and through our qualitative understanding of collaboration, we were able to kind of streamline into that definition of, okay, that's when someone's experienced the core value prop mm. for the first time. They had that aha moment. We also look at things like one day retention and other things that kind of help us from a, as a leading indicator perspective. But in general, we're really measuring the, the steps of the activation mm. journey. I, I really, what was that thing again? 40 um, interactions yeah. in 70s? Yeah, 40 objects or widgets or whatever you mm. want to call it. Basically pieces of content. So that could be a shape. It could be mm. a sticky note is the most common uh, in terms of how people are, are typically interacting. Uh, but yeah, it's like pieces of content within a mural. That makes a ton of sense. In terms of like this whole journey, I love how you, you share this, this journey of uh, improving that experience. Did you work with any other teams and like how how is working with you know, other teams look like like uh, which I guess the other question is like what which other teams did you end up working with to make sure that this experience is uh, seamless for new users? Yeah, so I always say that product-led growth in particular is a team sport. It is mm -hmm. not something that like one team by themselves can own and in fact, if you have it set up that way, you're probably missing the point of loss across the rest of your organization and that obviously applies to onboarding, which is a really important part of any PLG motion. And so while my team specifically does own the onboarding experience, we own it specifically for free and self-serve users, but we have a customer success growth team that works on onboarding new members specifically into our enterprise accounts. So think more from like a high touch perspective. And we split it up in that way because there are some experiences and learnings that apply to both. But there are also different needs and capabilities for each. And so there's a lot of knowledge sharing, learnings, hypothesis creation together. And even from more of an enterprise perspective, we tend to use tools that are like out of the box uh, for their experiments. But there are things that require development work that maybe we support as well. And I can give specific examples. We have some other teams. We have a personalization team that owns our dashboard experience. And that's a really important part of a new user experience. So we work with them to make sure that you know we have a differentiated and a right experience for a new member versus somebody who's been around with us for a while. So especially around learning content. That's a really important distinction. Uh, from our assisted sales customers, we have humans who run onboarding sessions and we work really hard at gathering the learnings from humans or talking to humans and figuring out what we can apply from a product perspective. And then lastly, one thing I've learned working on onboarding activation at my last two companies, this applies to MailChimp and Mural is the core of the product is often the most important part mm. of getting activation right. And so we work with our Canvas team a lot on UX improvements that support fast and easy onboarding. And as I talked a lot about content creation is at the heart of a lot of this. If that's hard or for missing capabilities, then you'll get stuck there from an onboarding and mm. activation perspective. So it's really important that we 
communicate what we're seeing from a new member perspective and that we're making improvements to that experience that support somebody getting started really easily. This could include things like our templates and the content within mm -hmm. the templates, all the way to like, what's the usability of our navigation within the, the Canvas experience. So that is one not to be underestimated and at MailChimp was actually ultimately where we really ended up leaning into in terms of improving our onboarding and activation as well. I love that hearing this, uh, that it is a cross-functional effort, like really making sure that this experience is seamless. Uh, so that for people tuning in, it's not like it's a product thing, you know, it's like, it's a customer success thing. It's, it really needs to be a cross-functional, you mentioned product-like growth needs to be a team sport. I, I really love that you're reiterating this for, for our listeners. I want to jump in now and share uh, one of the experiences here at, uh, at Mural with with folks who are tuning in via via audio here. What people see here right now is uh, uh, a screen uh, and then there's a, a, it's a canvas and people are, uh, as soon as somebody clicks it, uh, they choose an infinite blank canvas instead of choosing a, a template. Uh, it's the experience I chose here. One of my, my, my hunches was that more people would be clicking to templates. And what I heard from you, Lauren, is that this is actually not the case like more people actually starting off with a blank canvas is that is that correct yeah so we have we do have folks that are starting from a template but i think especially in the very beginning a lot of folks just want to come in and sort of play around and get to know what mural is and how usable it is and does it meet their needs so one of my hypotheses here is that unless you have a very distinct understanding of what you're trying to accomplish initially you might be overwhelmed with template selection. And so you think, mm. you know what, I'm just going to go ahead, dig in, get started Sorry. with a blank canvas and, right. and take a look and maybe use templates later in your journey. But we definitely have a huge chunk of folks who do start from a template. And that experience is similar, but this one is the most well-developed right now. So that's really interesting. That makes sense. If they're overwhelmed with choice, they'll choose the first one on the left, which is infinite blank yeah. canvas. But there is like this really cool checklist here that goes through it. Getting started, number one is building a space, collaborate, create a mural. Second, make it your own, give it a title. Third is write down some thoughts with five sticky notes. Then make it visual, move around, and then invite your friends. I'm guessing this is like something that you, your team, uh, you and your team experimented with to figure out like what is uh, you mentioned around reforge, like working backwards as to what the retention is. This exactly what this work involved? Like here are this six steps to be successful with uh, with mural essentially yeah so we call this onboarding quests and a lot onboarding of what we were quests. trying to Love do it. was add some fun and gamification into the process and i think the hard part is always about getting people to learn in a way that doesn't feel super clunky and is at least somewhat interesting such that they'll, they'll complete it because when they do complete it they feel more prepared to, to go on and be successful and so I really like this experience because the team did have more fun with it. We worked at adding, as you can see, celebrations and a bit more mm, gamification. Amazing. And psychologically, the checklist works. I mean, I think like LinkedIn nailed that from the very beginning, and it's a, a strategy a lot of folks employ. Um, so from here, we really looked at what are the things that you need to get started? And how do you take something that has endless possibility and boil it down and make it pretty simple and start to have someone build their confidence in what they can do inside a mural. So those six things are really, if you look at it, it's a part of getting to that setup moment. So I'm creating the mural, I have a title associated with it, I've added sticky notes for content, 
And guess what? I've invited someone else to my mural who can start to, to mm. collaborate with me. So it's really a way of kind of showing you, uh, but making it fun. One thing I really find interesting is that uh, you, when somebody clicks on one of the items, it, it is not like a, a product tour. It's actually like a, a little GIF or GIF, however anybody wants to pronounce this. <laughs> so that is, is uh, interactive, but it's not like um, hand-holding the user. I'm guessing this is like based on experience that mural users want to click around and guiding them to do something like, for example, this one idea, one idea two, uh, is actually a much better experience for mural users than it is just hand-holding them through the experience. Yeah, I think the hard part about onboarding is a lot of folks don't want to give you that attention to go through, you know, just a click click through a bunch of steps and show me how to do it. I actually want to do it myself and I'm learning better mm. by doing it myself. And this is through a bunch of different experiments that came before this that that helped us learn that that we needed to take an approach that's a bit more hands-on that build the confidence. Because I think especially we learned this through qualitative research that there could be a trepidation around getting started with content, and especially for those that are participants. Like there's a fear that they're going to come in and do something wrong. I'm going to delete your content or move it in a, a way that <laughs> totally messes up our entire session. And so the thinking was, how do we create a way that you can learn, but also do at the same time? And that's something I'm really interested in exploring more next year is thinking about the different ways that people learn because not everybody learns in the same way. And in fact, just a quick little story, I had a medical procedure last year and I remember a doctor asking me, what, like, how do you like to learn? And I had to stop and think, and I was like, what, how do I like to learn? And ultimately what they wanted to explain something to me about the upcoming procedure. And it was like, do you want me to tell you about it? Do you want mm. me to show you? Or do you mm. want to be hands-on with it? And that really stuck with me because I think that applies to many things like onboarding. Not everybody wants to learn or is capable of learning in the same way. And so I'm thinking a lot about allowing people, allowing different options for people to learn in the way that they like to learn. That makes a ton of sense. Like people, some people are visual learners, some people are clicking learners where they want to click mm -hmm. around. Some people are video learners and giving people that option is super interesting. Uh, a really good point with that. Uh, in terms of that emoji, uh, you know, when some, when somebody completes something, there's like this, uh, celebratory emoji that comes up from the bottom of the screen. Uh, it, it gives me a sense of, uh, delight. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, that feels yeah. good. Uh, is that, is that something that you've, uh, that you've seen like users who see this is like, Oh, I just want to keep going. I want to see more of that emoji come from the bottom. Yeah. When we did initial user testing, people loved it. I think that mm -hmm. one, it's like real time feedback that I did it right. right. And so yes. it's without encouraging, it's encouraging you that, yeah, you did it, you did it right. Uh, and you have that affirmation about it. It also looks fun and cool. I think it helps right. you sort of see the power of, oh, wow, I could actually do this during my collaborative sessions. It adds some humanity to it also, right? It like, And so I think that's a lot of what we're trying to accomplish is kind of demystify, make it a little less intimidating, and also just celebrate the little wins along the way. Mm. True, that makes sense. It also adds, uh, you said you, it humanizes this experience, but it also adds a lot of playfulness, I feel like. Like, oh, this yeah. feels like play. And that's what like it creates for me where like, 
when I'm thinking about brainstorming, there's I forgot uh, what is the book called, like uh, uh, game storming, game storming, where like that's a book where around like you know brainstorming is around playing games, and this this feels very playful. Is what I'm. Is that what you've heard from other users, or like they've used words like delight, playful, you you humanizes uh, the experience. Most uh, people probably don't say humanize, but they definitely they react like, <laughs> oh wow, cool. So definitely, you see the delight, you see the right. playfulness. Interestingly, one of our company values is uh, play to wow, and so we definitely think about play in our product, and right. it's a also a part of creating the culture around collaboration. So mm. I think what's really interesting, and you're starting to see more from Mural, is it's not just about the the tool or the place or the space where you're collaborating. It's also about how. So what type of mind frame are you in? Or do you have trust in psychological safety? What methods are you using? So there's a lot more sort of to it than just the space where one might think, oh, this is a digital whiteboard. Cool. But really to get to the best collaborative outcomes, it's really about multiple elements. So this is kind of, it seems like it's just some fun, playful confetti, but it is a part of kind of a bigger philosophy we have around this idea okay. of like designing collaboration. I really, I really, really love that. Uh, uh, around, I didn't even know, I didn't, I didn't know that played a while. That's a great, that's a great value uh, for sure. In terms of a, a company for sure, uh, for sure. In terms of like the choosing a template now here, uh, when, when I choose, a, was it in a choose a template? It is uh, definitely a different experience where, uh, there is still a little bit of checkbox on the, you know, some checklist on the right, but now it's walking into this, in this case, uh, I chose a workshop, a toolkit template, and each, it has the outline to the different things, like the title of the workshop, uh, the agenda, the title, uh, the ground, the, the, the ground rules and, and other stuff like that. Uh, from what I've heard, this is something that is, uh, you know, it's evolving, uh, and it's, it's an experience for, for, for new users, essentially. Yeah, so the interesting part about templates is that anybody can use a template, obviously a new user, an existing user. And so there's already a built-in onboarding for an existing user mm. around a template. Because right. what we're doing here is we're not just teaching you about the template. We're actually walking you through, you can see some of the how in terms of like methodologies. Right. So. To not to get super meta, but it's like onboarding within onboarding. And so a lot of what we've been trying to sort through is how do you actually onboard to a template while onboarding into a mural? And there's a lot to think through in terms of teaching the tool itself, but also teaching the template and the methodology. And so we've been running some experiments around what's the right sequencing. In fact, if you do onboard from a template, we're working on how you would be basically integrate what's great about quests, but also mm. not lose some of the onboarding to the specific template content. So there's definitely a balancing act here. And that's something that we're still, we're working through the best way to handle that specifically for new users versus existing members. That's pretty awesome. Thank you for sharing that. In terms of like um, those experiments that I have, that you, have, you and your team have run, are there ones that you can share that surprise you a bit in terms of the results where, you know, like um, you were expecting a result and then you got something else uh, with, with that experiment? Yeah. 
Well, ultimately I'll say working on onboarding and activation, as you know, is really hard. Moving the needle on a high level metric like activation is not something that you're typically typically going to do through just one experiment. From my experience, it's like the culmination of a whole bunch mm. of improvements over time. And so I think time and time again, you're sort of surprised like quests, for example, you would think just by itself, that's a great new experience that'll improve activation. It didn't, it didn't improve mm. the high level metric. Now it did improve the amount of folks that were completing onboarding uh, and learning. We saw that more people were creating content and getting to the setup moment, but ultimately there's still a big transition between I'm comfortable with the basics and I'm creating content to I'm ready to collaborate with somebody else and get value. And so while that was a positive, you know, improvement to our overarching experience, it didn't solve the, hey, I'm getting significantly more people to be successful ultimately in collaboration. And I think that's where the like what and the how is so important. So in onboarding, we're trying to teach you both how to use this tool, this piece of software, but we're also educating you on use cases or actually how to collaborate. And so balancing those two things out from a learning perspective can be really difficult. It's one of the things that we're working on for next year is thinking more about how do you actually teach somebody the how, but mm. disguise it, disguise it through the, you know what I mean? Like through the what? Right. So it's almost like you're learning without knowing that you're learning. Mm. And so I think that's going to be a really important part of some of our, our lessons. Um, going forward is how you incorporate those two things in particular. Another example to get very tactical is we learned that navigation is the one, one of the most difficult things to learn mm. in a mural. And there's specifically in the mural on the bottom corner is a navigation panel. And in that panel, people get very confused about what does what. And so we ran some specific experiments targeted towards right. teaching folks how to uh, navigate a bit better. And we thought, right. oh, well, if you can learn the navigation elements, that's a huge blocker, again, to, to getting to your point of aha. And it was an experience improvement. People used it. But again, it ultimately didn't get right. us to that goal of you know getting more folks to set up and aha moment. So I think that's those I still see them as successes in the sense that they improved learning and right. are getting us one step closer to providing that great experience. But it's definitely a combination of work over time. Saw that at MailChimp as well, where individual level experiments might have been flat or very slightly positive. But when you started to stack those experience improvements over time, that's when you actually saw the results in terms of your overarching activation metrics. Mm, thank you for thank you for sharing that. Really love that that um this lesson that it, it is a combination of different things that add up to a, a huge improvement. In terms of what you mentioned a little bit already uh, in several responses that you you've had, what are you excited about for twenty twenty three in terms of what your team is going to be you know experimenting or trying out that you can that you can share to the folks who are who are tuning in uh, to this? Yeah, so. As I mentioned in the beginning, there's a little, there's a difference in the mentality and the experience of somebody who's getting started as the workspace creator, who's very likely maybe a host or facilitator of a session. And there's the participant, and there's a lot more participants than there are initially uh, 
creators. And that's a really important group for the success of a collaboration. And ultimately, if you do a very good job, some of those folks might go on to become hosts or facilitators themselves. But one of the things that we have learned is that facilitators or hosts might have in mind a way that they want to onboard participants for their particular session. And actually really cool, I saw this through some of our customer research, is that customers have built their own murals to do onboarding for participants. So like (laughs) they created a mural that's like, here's how you add a sticky and here's how you do all of these things. And our CS team, same thing. They have a very high touch version of that where they're maybe like teaching folks in a new enterprise how to do something. And so we're really thinking about this idea of maybe host or facilitator triggered or led onboarding. What if they had the opportunity to actually in some way design or even just like trigger that onboarding such that a participant is prepared because there's nothing Mm. more frustrating for a host or facilitator who's like done all this work, create great content. They're ready to have a productive session. And then people are like, I can't get into your session Mm. or I don't, I'm scared. I don't know what I'm doing or, or they're wasting a bunch of time in the session, like teaching somebody how to do something within the experience. So there's really something there that I think is is really, really interesting that we could uh, explore, giving more power to that initial creator, facilitator, or host, and creating a really great experience for the participant in general. Love, love all of this. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, that wraps up our, our recording for this, this session. Thank you for sharing everything you know uh, you have around the improving experience at Mural. One final question, where can people find out more about you and like, um, you know, where, where can people find out more about Mural uh, online? Yeah. So feel free to follow me on LinkedIn. I won't say I have a very consistent content game there, but I tend to post about the work that I'm doing and share a bit more about what we're doing at Mural. You can always check us out at mural.co as well as on the Mural blog. And yeah, thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lauren. Appreciate it.